Presenting Hop Harrigan, America's ace of the airways. CX-4 calling control tower. CX-4 calling control tower. Standing by. Control tower back to CX-4. Wind southeast. Ceiling 1900 It was one of the first of the new weapons built for the Army by Boeing and designed to fly faster than the speed of sound. These men, standing there on the Great Salt Desert, called their weapon Old Needle Nose. He was much smaller than the missiles which have been since tested in New Mexico, but on that August day in 1946, Old Needle Nose loomed large. He was ten feet long, up on a launching tower, forty feet high. Working in the bright sunshine without their shirts, GI experts prepared him for a trip into the sky. They adjusted remote control firing equipment so that the banks of rockets could be fired from safety stations sheltered from the mighty blasts. They mounted motion picture cameras to follow his ascent thousands of feet into the heavens, and they took their places in radar stations placed in a wide ring around the launching site. There, with their radar scopes, they would follow Old Needle Nose when he roared aloft. Well, at last, all of the preparations had been completed. An army bomber came in with a load of high brass, officers who wanted to witness the flight. In a concrete dugout, 300 feet from the launching tower, an officer waited for the signal to fire. Old Needle Nose was ready to go. Oh, but now I see time's up. In just a few minutes, I'll be back to tell you what happened when Old Needle Nose took off. So don't forget to listen. And now to our story. The trail Hop and Tank hoped would lead to a solution of the weird and puzzling riddle of the ghostly Avengers has instead ended in a trap. Now, in a small, barren room, lit only by a shaft of pale, silvery moonlight shining weakly through the dirty pane of a narrow window, Hop and Tank are bound, hand and foot, to two chairs. They are slumped against the ropes, heads lolling forward on their chests. Suddenly, Hop stirs. He shakes his head, at first slowly, then vigorously, and at the same time strains his arms and legs in a futile attempt to free himself. Now, his mind clear, he looks around peering into the murky darkness, trying to decide where he is. A low groan from his left brings him up with a start. Tank. Hey, Tank. Come on, come on, snap out of it. It's Hop. Uh, Hop? What's going on here? Hey, I can't move my hands. Don't tie me up like this. Easy, easy, fella. Keep your voice down. I don't think you can break loose. What? What happened? Don't you remember? Uh, yeah, we we flew from New Orleans to a private field near Little Rock. And we rented a car. That's right. We were looking for the hidden airstrip we spotted last night. That's right. We found it. There was a farmhouse and a big barn. Jack, we walked into the barn and then... Then what? That's when the lights went out. The way my head feels, I think somebody used it for a drum. Yeah. Same here. Don't 
sure caught. These ropes are tight. Yeah, looks like we're caught, but good. Did you see anybody? No. Whoever it was must have been waiting right behind the door. What do you mean, waiting? How'd he know we was coming? Yeah, he may have seen us drive up. Go on. We turned off the lights and you know it. He couldn't have seen us. Well, then, he, he was expecting us. Tipped off, you mean? Jack. Yeah. Let's see. Only three guys knew we was coming here. Uh-huh. Paul, Vinny, and Craig. That certainly couldn't have been Paul. So? Vinny or Craig? And who gave us the business? Oh, that's simple. Martin, huh? That's the way it looks to me. And keep your voice down. He may still be around. Then he's flying them ghost planes. Oh, I don't know. Right now, we don't know that anybody flew them. Yeah, but he's doing the dirty work on the say-so with somebody back in the office at New Orleans. Yeah, we can be pretty sure of that. Then don't go up. we got to get out of here and nab him and make him talk and we'll crack the thing wide open. Easier said than done, pal. Hey, look, Hop, maybe if I wiggled my chair up against yours, got him together back to back, you could untie the ropes on me. Well... Here, let me try. <laughs> Ain't not so much noise, Tank. I can't help it. Careful, you'll tip over. It's hard to get around. Tank, watch it. Uh, oh. Did you hurt yourself? No, but now I can't do nothing. Oh, Lord, if Martin didn't hear that. Hey, wait a minute. What is it? I, I think I think I cracked the back of the chair. It's kind of loose. Work on it, fella. Yeah, yeah. If I could break it off, then there wouldn't be nothing holding my arm. Go on, Tank, go on. This... This ought to do it. It's breaking. It's breaking. Good. Okay. Yeah. I ripped the whole back loose from the seat part. Nice going. Now if I can only wriggle myself out of it. Tank. Huh? Hold still. What's the matter? Thought I heard something outside. I don't hear nothing. Shh. Ain't nobody there. Uh, I guess not. Okay, go ahead, but try not to make too much noise. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's gonna work. Almost got my arms. There, I can look swell. Plenty of slack in the ropes now. I'm sure I can... Yeah, yeah my hands are loose. Good boy, Tank. I'll get my feet untied. Oh, brother, this is a snap. Now, stop crowing and hurry up. Okay, I'm clear. Now, hold still. Oh, the knot's between my wrists. I can feel it. Here, I have it. Yeah, that guy who tied us up was never in the Navy. It's not as a cinch. There. Thanks. Say, get the ropes around my legs, will you? My fingers are too stiff. Sure thing. Where do you think we are, Hop? Still in the barn? I guess so. This looks like a small storage room. Must be kind of late. Uh, I don't know. Moon's still high. There. Okay, you're all set. Thanks. Let's go. Oh, what's yeah. that? Uh, I'm all right. Just a little stiff. Yeah. Come on. One door. Wonder where it'll take us. We'll soon find out. If it isn't locked. Yeah, it is. So what? It's kind of rickety. But I can bust it down. Move back. Wait. Huh? This time I did hear something. A door slammed. There. Somebody's walking. Coming this way, too. I think it's Martin. Could be. 
try to jump him. Roger. Ready. Ready. Hey, shut up. I went away. Uh-huh. Twine's on the phone. But the door's unlocked. Yeah, I know it. And let's get out of here for Pete's sake. Wait a minute. Okay. He's on the phone now. Come on. Careful, careful. You see him? Yes. It's Martin, all right. He's on the other side of the barn with his back to us. Think we can sneak out? Oh, wait, let me take a good look. Lucky he turned on the lights so we... Great Scott, what is it? Take the ghost planes, the enemy fighters. They're here in the barn. What? Now I know why we never found any engines. Now I know the answer to the whole mystery. Standing in the doorway, Hop stares into the cavernous recesses of the large barn, his eyes literally glowing in triumph. What does he see? What is the answer to the mystery? We'll know in a moment, gang, so stand by. Well, gang, when they pushed the button and sent old Needlenose on his way upward one year ago, rocket science took a leap ahead. Old Needlenose was one of the early rocket-propelled missiles developed for the Army by Boeing aircraft, and he was given his taste for the wild blue yonder as the Army carried on its investigations into supersonic flight, that is, flying faster than the speed of sound. You remember we left the proving grounds on Utah's Great Salt Desert just as old Needlenose stood poised in his 40-foot launching tower. Boeing technicians, GI experts, and a raft of high army officers were on hand. Scattered over the flat sand, four, five, and six miles away, were the radar stations to chart the flight, and the movie cameras to record every moment of it. Then, in a reinforced dugout, 300 feet from old Needlenose, an officer put his hand on the firing button and began to count. 20 seconds to go, 15, 10 seconds, only five seconds left, four, three... Two, one, he counts, and then fire. Old Needlenose hurtles from his launching tower like a bolt of lightning, and leaving a snow-white trail of vapor, whistles up into the sky. Seconds after the takeoff, he's gone almost out of sight. Then, as the rockets spend their fuel, old Needlenose turns and dives back to Earth with a high-pitched scream. And at the radar scopes and the cameras, every foot of the rise and fall have been charted. How fast did he go, how high, and how well did the rockets work? And the Army began to learn the answers, thanks to old Needlenose, all ten feet of them, one of the first supersonic missiles. Someday we may go by rocket to the moon, to the planets. And when we do, let's hope someone remembers to name one of the great spaceships old Needlenose. And fellas and girls always remember, America needs flyers. And now, back to our story. When Martin, a former pilot of the Ace Flying Service, and now the boy's captor, unlocked the door and left to answer the phone, Hop and Tank immediately took advantage of the opportunity to escape. Opening the door with great caution, Hop took a quick look around the large, cavern-like interior of the barn, then ducked back and made an astonishing statement. Tank, the enemy fighters are here in this barn. Now I know the answer to the whole mystery. What do you mean, you know the answer? You'll see for yourself. Come on. What about Martin? Oh, he's still on the phone. Hurry up now. Oh, my gosh. For the love of Pete. Tank, close the door. Okay, this way, fast, and no noise. But, but, Hop, they ain't planes, they're dummies. No, not quite. They'll fly, all right. They're gliders. 
Here, duck down behind this wing. Gliders. Holy cow, who'd have thought of that? I should have, when I found those pieces of soft white pine. Here, fill this wood. Ah, it's white pine, all right, but how could they fly so perfect? They were towed. Don't you remember the plane we followed here? Oh, sure. Yeah, there it is near the large doors at the Lockheed Hudson. A reconverted war job. And remember when we saw a zero? We crashed into something and our number four propeller was broken? Yeah. Well, the tow line did it. Of course. And right after that, the zero went down in a spin. Uh, from what I can see, they've been coated with a kind of luminous paint to give them that strange green light. Yeah, but what made them burn? Well, I don't know. Hold it. Martin's through talking. Oh, he's coming back to go into the room we just got out of. I wonder who's at the other end. Other end of what? The phone call. Well, now that we got him, we'll know everything. If we ease around the other side of the wing, we can jump him when he goes by. No, Tank, stay where you are. But, but he'll find out we're gone and he'll come looking for us. This way we can surprise him. Martin isn't the only one we have to surprise. Now, Tank, we'll let him go for the time being and take our chances. It's the big fish or nothing. So, crouched behind the wing of a glider, Hop and Tank watch with narrowed eyes as Martin opens the door to the room in which he had held them captive. In a second, he'll discover their absence. Hop is taking a dangerous chance, sacrificing the all-important element of surprise. But he must have a plan in mind. Gang, the riddle of the ghostly Avengers is drawing to an action-packed climax, so don't miss the next exciting episode. Tune in and fly with Hop Harrigan, America's ace of the airwaves. So long, Hop. We'll be seeing you same time, same mutual station. Hop Harrigan is a transcribed, copyrighted feature appearing in All-American Comics magazines.